Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. This is Tim Allman here with my good buddy, Jacob Besslein. I pray wherever you are, you are setting in for some serious learning and fun. Leaders are learners and readers, and we got some serious content for you today. This is a second part of a two-part series. We talked about silence last week, and today we are talking about sleep. 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 If you were to type in your search engine, how to lose fat, I bet you'd find a lot of articles emphasizing the importance of diet and exercise. And diet and exercise is really good. We we talk about it. Undoubtedly, those two, they're a huge component. But if you really dig into the science, you'll find that your sleep quality plays a major important role in fat loss. It actually plays a more important role, research has shown, than diet and exercise combined. What? Snap! However... This information has not made its way into popular culture, and the big reason sleep isn't a part of the conversation is that it seems on the surface to be less actionable, you know? Less controllable than, say, meal prep or getting to the gym out. I'm there. a couple time, times, times a week. So yeah, it is. talk about your sleep rhythm. We talk about habits and rhythms a lot, so tell us about your sleep rhythm right now, Jake. Yeah, sleep is measurable, and especially with the new technology of Fitbits, Garmin's, iPhones, all that stuff, um, iWatches, you can track your sleep. And I found that when I didn't track my sleep and I thought, man, I can I can go off of five to six hours of sleep. My mom, Judith, is in her late 60s mom, and she goes off of about five hours of sleep. So that was my pattern. And she really doesn't get sick very often. Her mm. body apparently um, works that way, but yet maybe she's not as focused as she can be throughout the day, maybe a little scatterbrained and overwhelmed and stressed. And so mom, get more sleep. But I saw that pattern growing up. And so I said, it's kind of a work ethic. Like, man, if I work harder and I do more, I got 24 hours in a day and I get five to six and a half hours of sleep. I'm just fine. Well, about two and a half years ago, I got diagnosed with pneumonia. um, And then every six months kind of kept getting pneumonia and it turned into valley fever. It's a spore, a fungus in the dirt out here in Arizona in the desert climates. And through that process, the doctor said, here's what you need to do. You need to have less stress in your life. That's easy. No, less stress in your life and get more sleep. And so I moved from a five to six hour, six and a half hour posture to the goal is definitely seven at minimum seven at minimum. And I'm probably averaging about seven and a half. So I need to go to bed around nine o'clock and wake up at, at five. And so if I can do that, that's eight hours. Sometimes it's hit or miss. Then it's about an hour here or there, 30 minutes shy of that mark. The goal is probably not nine hours, but about eight and a half hours eventually to get good sleep. How about you? Yeah, I'm still a work in progress here as we all are. So I think you should have a lot of empathy for those leaders that are like, you know what? Um, I'm just not getting as much sleep as I could and should. I I probably average, not probably, I know I average about six and a half. I want to get to about seven and a half. Here's the thing. I want to get to bed a little bit earlier. Normally I start to turn in about 10, 10, 15. I'd like to start that rhythm toward bed at about 930 and full transparency. Here's what I'm doing between 930 and 1015. 
watching the Rockies play baseball. Fast forward and super Dude, quick. But, but you have the MLB package, right? I do. So you can just watch in the morning the three to I've done that, minute recap. But it doesn't feel the doesn't same. Feel the same. You know? Anyway, right. I just got to get, get over that. That's a good. Get it. You gave me a good tip. Maybe maybe two to three times a week. And let me add to it when that Valley Fever hit. I mean, that was the only way forward to get more sleep equals health. And the only way to not continue to have Valley Fever kick back in my life is to have that rest for your body. So today, to start, we want to give you a number of consequences, not to like scare you in or thing, but just to be kind of uh, very transparent, very authentic about what we could lose if we do not focus on our evening rhythm of sleep. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you think about it, a lot of a lot of sports players, they understand the consequences of a lack of sleep, a lack of rest for the oxygen rebuilding in your muscles, and they get sleep. Mm. Olympian uh, runner Usain Bolt, he gets eight to ten hours of sleep, and the man runs like lightning. LeBron James gets 12 hours of sleep. Tiger Woods, he gets five hours of sleep. <laughs> that explains a lot. Oh, boy, couldn't keep it together, man. But he's, I bet he's working on right. that, to be quite honest. Yeah. So there's a sporting consequence we can learn from athletes. There's an intellectual consequence. If you ever felt that morning brain fog, you should not feel a brain fog in the morning. You should be bright ready and to go. aware, ready to go. Uh, a guy by the name of Tony Schwartz wrote that sleep is more important than food. And his research showed him that the better you sleep, the more you learn. Even small amounts, he says, the small amounts of sleep deprivation can take over time a significant toll on your health, your mood, your cognitive capacity, your productivity. Many of the effects we suffer are invisible. I think that's a crazy thing about sleep, right? This is an invisible thing. And yet insufficient sleep deeply impairs our ability to consolidate and stabilize learning that occurs during our waking day. It wreaks havoc on our memory. And with the rapid rise of Alzheimer's and dementia, yes, we talk about our diet and nutrition playing a role, but if you're not getting enough sleep, your brain's not getting a break and it could have some long-term consequences. A study out of Lübeck University in Germany found twice as many of those who slept for eight hours, they solved a problem compared to those whose, whose sleep was interrupted. They had greater problem-solving skills. So, it has a major effect even on the roadways and, and death comes 1,500 deaths because of falling asleep behind the wheel. Oh, look at this, financial consequences. Um, a lack of sleep undermines safety, creativity, problem solving. Too little sleep is estimated to cost American businesses, get this, $63 billion a year. Mm. What? Yes, $63 billion down the toilet. Studies have shown that customers and clients – you know, you're going to a store or something, you're likely to register and tell the boss about a sleep deprived salesperson, even though you don't think you don't know that they're they're sleepy, they didn't get sleep, but the research shows they didn't. You kind of say, man, these people are unhealthy, they're lacking energy, and you might report that or you just walk away and you don't buy the product. Mm. Many people think, though, that those crazy entrepreneurs, right, like let's say Jeff Bezos from Amazon, yeah. I mean they must have never never slept for a whole decade starting their billion-dollar company. Now, there's probably nights like that, but Jeff is quoted by saying, I'm more alert and I think more clearly, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, I just feel so much better all day long, all day long, if I've had eight hours of sleep. The man gets eight hours of sleep. I love what Net Netscape co-founder Mark um, 
Anderson says he used to skirt by with just a few hours, but seven hours, he says he, he it's degrading to himself. Six is suboptimal. Five is a big problem. And four means I'm a zombie. Mm. Yeah. How about moral consequences? Yeah, there are moral consequences. This is great. Studies have shown <laughs> that a lack of sleep leads to bad choices and even moral failure. And we can believe it. And here is one example from the distant past when Jake and I were both young kids. U.S. President. I did not have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. U.S. President Bill Clinton said that every major mistake. Here, <laughs> I did not have sex with that one. Every major mistake oh, wait, he I ever did. made. <laughs> Co- coincided with sleep deprivation. Thank you for your honesty, President Clinton. And if that doesn't make you sleep longer, I'm not sure what's going to help, man. There's moral consequences that could come from sleep deprivation. And the last consequences before we get to solutions, ministry consequences. I mean, a lack of sleep. If you're a pastor, a, mm. a youth pastor, a ministry leader, a president of the congregation, um, and hey, ministry in a, your vocation as a leader out there trying to be Jesus is salt and light to a, a dark and dying world. A lack of sleep can lead to ministry burnout, depression, moral failure. We become the God of our universe trying to hold everything together. Leader, get good sleep. Time on the pillow helps us trust in God's promises to always be handling our problem. Psalm 121, I mean, he basically says, God's staying up all night. Hmm. He will not let your foot slip when you sleep. He, God, who watches over you, he's not going to sleep. He's not going to slumber. He's going to watch over Israel. He's going to watch over America, all of the countries. He's going to watch over you. God doesn't sleep, but we need sleep for our own rest. Yeah, so you're talking about the ministry consequences. That's the last of our consequences. Now on to some good news and some helpful tips. Uh, Have you ever thought of sleep as being spiritual? You've even said, Jake, that sleep is worshipful. What do you mean by that? I mean, God made our, our, ourselves body and soul, and it's a spiritual experience. It's worshipful to say, I'm going to go to sleep and let God handle the rest of the problems. I mean, because even if you go down to four or five, whatever amount of sleep, well, if you think you can control it all, you better stay up all night to control everything you got. But God rested on the seventh day. And he really didn't need to rest, but he gave us that ability to rest. He put evening and morning in place so that we would have times of rest. In Mark 4.38, Jesus uh, is hanging out with the disciples, and they're on a boat, and uh, they're in the Sea of Galilee, and there is a storm brewing, and it's crazy, and it's the worst storm of their life. And where is Jesus? He's he's sleeping. And the text says, on a pillow. He's got a pillow in the stern of the boat, and he comes on up. And he just says, be still. And you guys have little faith. Hmm. The guy was sleeping. He was God. He is God. And he is man. And he needed sleep. Sleep is God's gift for us to be refueled. When we sleep, we recognize our dependency on God to handle everything while we're sleeping. Now, we're body and soul. And so that's the spiritual aspect. Tim, tell us. I mean, we started with that. But tell us more. How does it affect our body? Yeah. So we're going to pivot now a touch and talk about sleep aids and gut health and the combination between the two. So today we are seeing major, it's a major industry actually, Jake, of of sleep aids. And if you're going to use a sleep aid, I recommend you use some sort of helpful aid that God has made. Yes, that did rhyme. Not beautiful. Such as the drug called Ambien. 
Ambien's been out for a very short period of time in comparison to natural aids that have been utilized for centuries. And we know that Ambien has significant side effects. And if you're utilizing a drug for this uh, as a sleep aid or even taking some over-the-counter sleep aids, this is what uh, the problems could be. One, it actually gives you the illusion of deep sleep. It's a pseudo sleep state. Uh, you're not going through your normal stages of sleep, the REM stage to the deep anabolic, uh, deep sleep stage, back to the REM stage. You need to go through these cycles. And right now, if you are taking any sort of sleep aid, listener, it is a Band-Aid. This is a Band-Aid solution. So what are some healthy aids? You're going to laugh at this, Jake, but one of the healthy laugh at that natural aids is the reishi mushroom. That's right. The reishi mushroom. I bought mine at Sprouts. Reishi's been utilized for literally thousands of years. It has tremendous amount of clinical data to back up. Without the side effects, it's something that encourages your body's natural endocrine system and endocrine functioning. This has a major effect on your sleep patterns, your endocrine system. Study it. To do what that endocrine system is designed to do. I love it. A study published in the journal... Pharmacology, Biochemistry, and Behavior found that the renowned renowned medical mushroom Rishi was able to number one significantly sleep to significantly uh, give sleep latency. So by utilizing Rishi mushrooms, you fall asleep faster. Mm. But this is something that's natural. It's been utilized as an earth-grown nutrient. It's been utilized for thousands of years. That's that's number one. What's number two? Number two, it increases your overall sleeping time, and that's good. Number three is that it increases that deep, as we talked about, that deep anabolic non-REM cycle sleep. So this isn't pseudo-sleep. It's encouraging your body to do what it was designed to do. Does this mean you have to take that before you go to bed? Or? You go to bed. Yeah, before you go to bed. Take and it. actually, if you're taking different types of shaga or reishi, you've heard us talk about lion's mane, brain health also connected to gut health. But it, it puts our brains, and again, I'm not a biochemistry major or any sort of doctor, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express. Anyway, it puts our brains at, a, at just a better place. How do you take it at night? Via um, a pill or you can take it in a in water. I just put it in a in water. Hot water, cold water? It doesn't matter. It tastes better if it's what a little like? warm. Warm. Yeah, Calm is another sleep aid. We've talked before that most American Americans are uh, magnesium deficient, magnesium deficient. Remember talking about the gut health and it could get you a little more regular. It also uh, can increase your deep metabolic and REM sleep cycles. So just a couple helps there. It could be the reishi mushroom or maybe a drink called Calm, which also goes in. It's a, just a powder form. Both of these are powder form that go into. Also found at Sprouts. Sprouts, you yeah. should be paying us by now for this. <laughs> so sleep has a major effect on those of us who are trying to lose weight. Uh, I've been learning a lot about the word fat lately. Mm, and we need more. to reclassify fat, especially fat in our diets. Many of us are fat deficient in our diets. Mm. We should use lipids instead. So where? what are some of those foods that have solid fat? Avocados. Nuts. Nuts, almonds, salmon, chia, chia. seeds. Chia seeds, I put those in my shake every single morning. Do you do as well? Do you I, have them? It's hit or miss. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's okay to, to mix. Um, the wild thing is that eating these sorts of fatty foods does not lead toward fat on our bodies. If we're trying to lose the fat in our bodies, uh, getting the right type of fat as well as sleep plays a major role. Yet we must recognize, have you heard of the second brain, Jake, in our bodies? I have now. 
you have now, knowledge drop. <laughs> it's got to be your elbow, right? It's not your elbow. Oh, man. So the communication between our brain and our gut there are so many neurons passing between that are leading to healthy or unhealthy um, gut microbiome. This is a new word for me. Have you heard of gut microbiome? It's basically the good bacterial gut buddies that help with our digestion and then also in turn aid our sleep. Our gut bacteria is like a tropical rainforest. I like this analogy. And many of us, if you're eating processed food, high sugar, it's introducing into that tropical microbiome rainforest gut bullies. So you got gut buddies, good uh, microbiome, and you got gut bullies that our processed foods are not helping us with. And so one strategy for moving toward a healthy gut microbiome is eating solely organic foods. Um, and here's why. It's because pesticides and herbicides, anything that says side actually means death. It's killing That's your, your microbiome. And so try to go organic as much as possible. And our bodies are so, God created this system within our body. It's all interconnected. And so try to go um, hmm. solely organic. Another tip could be try intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is solely saying, I am going to narrow my eating cycles. If you are eating late into the evening, I'm telling you, listener, stop. it's impacting your sleep cycles big, big time. So try to narrow the window of eating the majority of your calories between, say, noon and 6 or 11 and 5 and give your gut a break because what happens then is we move from using the sugar and the carbs that pushes through that and actually starts our, our um, uh, metabolism starts using fat in, instead. So listener, you can tell I'm actually looking at Jake as I talk about all of this. I've internalized this. I'm not reading this. It's become a major part of, of my mission is to inform people on rhythms and diet and how that obviously impacts our sleep habits. I think a big thing for me is that after six o'clock, seven o'clock, you you might if you're staying up, you're watching something, hanging out, um, you're still craving things. So for me, even though I might have to get up honestly and pee, I still <laughs> like to be drinking water um, or like a hot tea or something that it's still something I'm 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 consuming that I'm taking in. Um, matcha tea is good at that hour as well. Um, Ooh, so yeah. just to be able to take something in still, cause you know, you kind of crave yep. a stuff to, to take in, but it's not a bowl of cereal. It's not a bar. It's not ice cream, whatever that might be. Yeah, exactly. Matcha tea, reishi mushrooms. So let's pivot a touch and talk about caffeine, the effects of caffeine on our system, Jake. Yeah. I mean, not to go too in depth with this, uh, but it's another, uh, way uh, in your world to control how high you get and then how low caffeine, uh, too much of it, uh, will bring you up to this big high and then a big crash. lull. And so mm -hmm. that crash. So think about how much caffeine you might consume and can you have a little bit, maybe you still want it, um, and then fade off of it. I know about three years ago, I went off of it completely. Mm. And in the afternoon, then I just did not hit a lull. It just continued mm. on, but I love coffee. And so I have limited myself last probably 20 days 
to one cup in the morning yeah. and then more B12 supplements yeah. in the afternoon um, to get uh, my body continued throughout that lull in the afternoon. And it has worked wonders and drinking more water with that. And so try that. I've also found that I'm, I'm a pretty link, linky guy. Linky. Linky. linky yeah. And <laughs> when I'm running in the anytime I'm running and I've had too much caffeine, I mean, it just doesn't do good for me. I get kind of jittery and need a lot of food from that. Um, and so that's for me how it's helped out. Less so caffeine. Our it's metabolic clocks in the morning, we want to wake up. We want to get after it. Morning time is a great time for doing some solid work. But then the afternoon, you hit a lull and you really have one of two choices, Jake. And, and I do both of them. I do both of them. One is to do some push-ups. To just move your body, maybe some squats, squat and brush. Remember that from back in the day from Kathy, Kathy Bishop? Bishop? If you haven't listened to Kathy Bishop, you should listen to that one. But anyway, um, you do some squats, do some push-ups, but you also have another option that many employers are starting to implement for that mid-afternoon lull. What is it, Jake? Napping. Let's talk <laughs> napping. Yes, both of us have talked about napping, closing your door if you're allowed in your office. Just take a power nap. That I mean, they call it the power nap for a reason. You can power through the rest of the day then mm. in that afternoon lull. 15 to 45 minutes seems to be kind of the sweet spot so you don't get into too much of like a REM sleep or whatnot because you probably slept too long before on a nap and you woke up what worse happened? than you yeah. began. I remember going to one of my professors in college uh, during the master's program at Concordia Irvine and knocking on his door and uh, he didn't come to the door for a little bit and finally he did and he looked alert but it would, the light was off and he flicked the light on and then he rolled up this little mat and uh, Glenn is his name. He uh, lived in Africa as a missionary and he said, yeah, I take about a He's like, he was like at 27. He was like, exactly. 27 minutes. He set the timer and he just nailed it every single day. Wow. And it says it helps him get through the day. Not having caffeine and different things like that. He didn't do push-ups, but he napped every single day. There's something about taking a siesta. Yeah, I mean, I do it. I'm looking at my chair right now. Uh, not every day, but say it's it's a day when I got 12 hours or so. You've woke up early, you've been getting after it, and then you got some nighttime meetings. There is nothing wrong with... Even putting on your calendar, I got no shame. I need a 30-minute just white space pause time and turn off the lights and and just pause. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, so don't underestimate the power of a nap. Na NASA found that naps averaging 26 minutes improved work performance on uh, some on people by 38%. The sweet spot of napping seems to be, as, as Jake said, 15 to 45 minutes. Naps are one way to ask God in the middle of your day for refreshment to get through that afternoon lull. Uh, and a lot of Americans, we pride ourselves on only sleeping five hours a night. We preach the following truths to ourselves. We don't trust God. Napping and good sleep is an opportunity for us to say, God, I need you. And the world's going to continue without me. I need to pause so I can continue to offer the best of me every single day. So when you think about napping and sleeping as we've talked about it, if you are married, help out your spouse to get those rhythms, especially maybe if uh, you're the one that stays or if your spouse is the one that stays home with the kids, um, tap tap out so they can tap into the nap or longer sleep and help be a team on that trade off. How do we? But how we end the day is just as important as how we start the day. So most of us probably have our phones, like we said, by the bed. Stop that, or you're watching some intense show on Netflix. Um, pick a favorite spot though to end the day as you began the day. A favorite spot for me is once again the rocking chair or just laying laying down. 
um, in my bed and not just rushing off to sleep. To be still and know that he is God. Try this Ignatius examine. It was a uh, Ignatius was a monk in the 16th, 1600s, 17th century. And he was um, sitting there and praying and examining his day. And at night he would examine how that day went. So we're going to use an acronym here called PRAY to uh, go over this. So what's the P stand for? Presence. Be aware of God's presence. Where he was throughout the entire day, give him thanks and praise. The R, reflect. Reflect on your emotions today. We are emotional creatures created by God Almighty, and we might have been kind of sad today. We might have been snippy at some employee of ours. We might have been really joy-filled. We might have been happy uh, we could have been just kind of not present with people. And so examine how your emotions played into your actions that day. So that's presence and reflect. And then we ask, we ask the Holy Spirit to bring one element of our day to mind uh, and focus on that experience and start a gratitude list. Uh, list. Ask the Holy Spirit if, if there was anything that you did that day and thought word or deed that wasn't pleasing to God. Ask the Holy Spirit to forgive you that the blood of Jesus would cover all of your sins. So we ask the Holy Spirit to bring one element of that day present. And we either confess or we say, thank you, Jesus. So we have P, presence, R, reflect, A, ask, and Y, quickly and quietly go right to bed and sleep in peace. So go from silence in the morning to maybe napping in the afternoon, not eating too late, having intermittent fasting to help your gut and to sleep well as you reflect and pray, as you pause and simply be with God. As we end today, we just wanted to give some space uh, to go back to God's word in Psalm 4. So as we read this, just take a chill, pause, and it's been a pleasure over the last two episodes to talk about both silence and sleep. Psalm chapter 4. Verse 1, answer me when I call to you, my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Have mercy on me. And hear my prayer. How long will you people turn my glory into shame? How long will you love delusions and seek false gods? Know that the Lord has set apart his faithful servant for himself. Therefore, the Lord hears when I call to him. Tremble and do not sin. When you're on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. Offer the sacrifices of the righteous and trust in the Lord. Many, Lord, are asking who will bring us prosperity. Let the light of your face Shine on us. Fill my heart with joy when their grain and new wine abound. In peace, here it is, I will lie down and sleep. For you alone, Lord, make me dwell in safety. I pray you've enjoyed our two-part series on silence and sleep. Sharing is caring. A few resources to close, too, is one, Sleep Smarter. It's a book by Sean Stevenson. It's 21 Essential Strategies to Sleep Your Way to Better Health and Bigger Success. Sean has a great podcast called The Model Health Show. I've referenced that numerous times, and it's actually episode 298 that he goes deep into sleep science. So Sleep Smarter, great book. Yeah, also check out uh, Pastor 
David Murray, and he's also a professor. He wrote a book called Reset, and it's a book that really goes through a lot of the stuff that uh, we quoted from him in some of these uh, last two weeks. Um, He also has a book called Refresh, and it's written with his wife, Shona, and it's embracing a grace-paced life in a world of endless demands. And so if you're a ministry leader especially, pick up those books check them out. Tim, who do we have up next for our next episode? We will be talking to Rick McClellan. Rick leads La Mesa Ministries, and we're looking to move to La Mesa Resource Center a Monday through Friday experience. And we're going to be talking about entrepreneurialism and lay leaders, non-paid staff who are giving so sacrificially. So join us next time on Lead Time. And we are overjoyed that Jesus has given us this opportunity to speak truth and life and the love of Jesus. Rest in your identity today. You are a child of God dearly loved. May nothing that we said bring shame, but only motivation to offer your best for others as the mouthpiece, the hands and feet of the risen Jesus. Go with his peace. Peace. Have some silence and some sleep. Bye. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.